Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we have prayed. All right, so prophetically, God has caused us as a ministry to take our bearing from the book of Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy represents something very special and very symbolic and something very relatable to many of us here. In the book of Deuteronomy, they're standing on a plane from whence they could see the promised land. Have you ever been in that place? Some of you are in that place right now where you just say all that God promised you is within grasps. You know that it's inevitable now. Come on. Do, do, some of you know what I'm saying. When, when you've done an interview for a job and you can tell that they like you, you just haven't gotten your letter yet, but you can tell from their inquiry that they are really, really considering it. In fact, it's about done. Whatever the promised land maybe represents in your natural context, even though, of course, the promised land was a figure of salvation. Something that you've been yearning for. Or another typical example. Your African parent wants to give you something that you've been yearning for. They stretch it to you, and just before you get it, they, they take you back and say, first. And they give you a condition. That's the concept of Deuteronomy. God promised you the promised land. You didn't come up with the idea on your own. These guys were comfortable in slavery. They didn't think there was any better idea. In fact, they didn't know they could come out. It is important that you remember that the, that the promised land is God's initiative. It's not human ambition. It is God who wants to give it to you because he's faithful and because he loves you. And so he's well within his rights to say before then, sit down, let me teach you something. Let me re-emphasize the moral principles and instructions that I've given you. Otherwise, good things will become God to you. Good things will become God things. So many people have been destroyed by good things. Not bad things, good things. And I want you to learn this. I, I don't just want you to have good things. I want them to last. And if they're going to last, you're going to have to develop the character that can sustain them. Come on, please. Are you with me? And that idea, you see it throughout the Bible, from Genesis to the end. In fact, after John had said all he wanted to say in the book of First John, he wrapped up that book in the most interesting way. I want you to quickly look for the last verse in First John. Look for it. Look for the very last verse. We always like to say that people save the best for the last. 
your final words will be your most important words. First and foremost, what's the last chapter in the book of 1 John? And what's the last verse? All right, 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. Read together, one, two, go. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Read it again, loud as you can, go. And just in case you were not here last week and you're wondering what's he talking about, because many people, when they hear the name idol, Aries or Artemis or Aphrodite. I've never been drawn to that, you see. But we established last week that an idol is anything you get your sense of self-worth from. Anything you get your sense of self-worth from. If you get your significance from it, it has become an idol to you. It doesn't have to be a literal graven image. So the Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 3, talking about the children of Israel, it says, Son of man, Ezekiel 14, 3. These men have set up their idols in their hearts and have put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. So they set up their idols not in a shrine, but where? Come on, I want to hear you. Not in a, in a shrine, but where? In their hearts. There could be an idol in your heart. Something in your heart, one inordinate affection that is higher than God. You have to see it as a possibility. It's a possibility. And let me say this. Listen, we're talking about good things. Sometimes the lines are blurry. You don't know when you go overboard and you begin to treat, treat good things as God. It's something to be conscious of. And God says, These men have set up an idol in their hearts. People may not be able to see it, but you can. You know. In what do you deify in your heart as the center of your life? What is that thing other than God that if we take from you, it looks like you have lost your sense of worth? You know, I was talking to a very wealthy person. And he says, you know, I have this fear, this phobia. I said, what is it? He says, I fear that one day I will be poor again. I mean, listen, you have to understand that for people, it's not entirely bad. If you have hustled, if you have suffered, if you've been poor before, and your meals were 101 or 001, some of you don't even know what I'm saying, or you're pretending, what's that? You don't suffer before. You're going to have three, three square, square meals. meals. So, so you have to be strategic, you know, and strategically knock off one just so that it can balance. Because if you do one zero zero, you will eat in the dream. <laughs> so you have to share it. Either if it's one meal, you have to do it in the afternoon. Now, if you've suffered, you see, many people, 
who have suffered subconsciously they begin to worship their success you have to be weary of this some of you know what i'm saying have you seen a lot of hard-working people very principled but they 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 raise brats spoiled children and they don't mean to they tell you i don't want them to suffer like i suffered put up the nlt the new living translation all right everybody ready together one two go come on is it the weather read together one two go It says a greedy person is an idolater. You see that? So when we talk about idolatry, and we're talking about not really bowing to a graven image, we're not being poetic. This is a teaching in the word, an actual teaching in the word. It says a greedy person is an idolater. Anything you can break moral principles for is your idol. Anything that you can do excessively without control is an idol. And so we said last week, and this is my final part of the re recap, that even if you might not be bowing before an actual literal graven image like Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty, your beauty can very well be an idol in your heart. Come on, some of you know what I'm saying. And even if you might not be bowing literally to a graven in image of money, Money can be an idol in your heart. <laughs> in such a way that you will throw away God and his convictions if the price is compelling enough. <laughs> if the Listen, the reason these things have to be discussed in church is because somehow a lot of church people still don't know this. When you go out there, all the people who are constantly trying to cut corners, you think none of them go to church? I preached a sermon like this years ago, and one guy, God bless his heart, decided not to be part of corruption in his office anymore. So he went respectfully and told them, he said, sir, you know what? I just want to do you, what you are doing, but I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And they were determined to persuade him. So they thought, what do we do? There is one of us who is a pastor. Let's get the pastor to talk to him. So the pastor, who is a very high official in the company, called him to his office. He said, I, I go to church. I'm a pastor. I was trying to tell him, do it. You see, these are the issues. 
an idol. Because when it comes to money, don't take this church thing too seriously. You see, so now, Jesus tells you in Matthew chapter 6, he says, no man can serve two masters. Have you read that before? (laughs) He said, no man can serve two masters. It's either you honor one and shun the other. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. So listen, he gives money a name, a spirit entity. There's such a thing as mammon. The children of Israel who with gold made a golden calf. Don't you dare think that you've never done that before. Because listen, golden calf and golden coins. The difference is you found a goldsmith doesn't mean that that gold coin in your hand is not God to you. And, and you, you must, must consciously, consciously put checks and, and balances. And so, so, because Jesus actually tells you, you cannot serve God and mammon. So God is telling you, you're going to have to choose. If I'm going to remain top in your heart, you must consciously put money in his place. Remind money that God is my ultimate. Please, are you listening to this? <laughs> You, you listen, you can be a church goer and make excuses with stuff like this, play around stuff like this. God wants to build a new FM conviction, and don't forget, God is teaching you this because He wants to commit to your hand true riches that will last. How dare you think the devil has a better bargain? The devil doesn't own anything. The cartoons on a thousand hills are the Lord's. I sat with someone in a restaurant. This was 2015. He wanted to serve Jesus, but how is he going to take care of his family? He's into internet fraud. I hear all you're saying. You're preaching good. But how do I take care of my family? This, this, that. You know, and I said, sorry, forgive my curiosity. How much have you made from this? He told me the amount. I said, I know people who make that amount monthly. Clean cash. We just share intelligence. So I said, what are we talking about? Isn't it an insult that you cut corners only to be worth 100 of what someone is doing with sheer intelligence and with favor? That with all the cheating, you are still so small. Still so small. We live in perilous times. Listen, unfortunately, You don't hear teachings like this often. Not in this church, but you know what I mean. 
I was in church one day. This island church. Not this hall, though we were still, you know, in Lekki. One young guy came in, and I saw a dark cloud over his head. I tapped Pastor Shola. I said, there's something wrong with that guy. I see a dark cloud. And prophetically, now, if you understand the way the prophetic works, there are patterns. So when I see a dark cloud over someone, what it represents to me for my gifting is that the devil is trying to deceive the person to make a wrong choice, and the devil is winning. So I said, is it, is, is that guy is about to make a big mistake. Sure enough, after the service, before I could even look for him, he came to me and he said, Pastor, no need for circumlocution. I don't want to waste your time. My father did blood money. It's not a secret. I have lost siblings and we know why they died. I've tried everything. I'm frustrated. I came to church one last time to ask you one direct question. What can Jesus offer me? He wanted me to give a bargain. <laughs> True life story. I'm not talking about a movie. I'm you see, he says, what? No too much story. What can Jesus offer me? He wanted a counter offer. You see, let me, let me say this. If someone else wanted to use him for blood money, his view of blood money would change. He is considering it because he feels he will be the beneficiary. You know, I saw a, a meme on the internet. Someone was asked, if you will press a button and someone you don't know, somewhere in the world will drop down dead and you will have a billion naira, will you do it? And people, whether they were joking or not, said, hey, can I press it more than once? <laughs> Because whether you like it or not, it is easier to make those decisions when you don't see the impact. There's a popular rock musician singing rock, making tours, and all of that. These kind of people who will sing all kinds of vulgar lyrics, and when you challenge them, they say it's just, it's just vibes. He came home one day, and he's daughter was singing his song. He broke down in tears. That was the last time popular music. Now, other people's children have been singing the song since. Come on, are you listening to me? Other people have been singing it since. He didn't care. Other people have been singing it since. He didn't care. Other children's lives have been damaged. He didn't care. It was the day he saw his daughter. He said, no, I cannot continue like this. Oh, really? Come on, are you getting this? See, you know that a sophisticated sermon is not difficult for me. But I just, 
let's make it simple. You cannot serve God and mammon. So God is telling you, in your life, mark it now. Money will seek opportunities to dethrone God in your heart. Money will seek opportunities to dethrone God in your heart. So you have to anticipate it. You have to create a structure to pre pre prevent it, to protect your heart from it. And there are only two ways to protect that from happening. Number one is generosity. Number one is what? Let me say this. No matter your prayer life, if you don't give regularly, money will become an idol. There is something about money that doesn't bow to prayer. When it comes to the capacity to take over your heart, it is not prayer, it is generosity. When you give, that thing you feel in your heart will preserve your life. When you give money and you are turning back and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Really? And then you don't change your mind. You go on. You are training your heart to stay healthy. You are training your heart to stay healthy. Please, are you listening to me? And then the second thing is boundaries. Again, it is not prayer. All right. Now, for, for this second point, you must answer the question, what is more important than money in my life? You must know it. You must know what is more important than money in your life. What are the lines you will never cross? Are you going to be a present dad, a present mom to your children? Or will you pursue money at the expense of your children's life? However they turn out, I don't care. Answer those questions now. Listen, this is very timely and strategic for some of us. Because some of you are quarter to blow, you know, you understand? It's just the demography. You are finding yourself. You are finding your footing career-wise. Maybe that's why God has brought you to this church to learn these things now. Because currently there is a type of money that enters your hand and you will lose your mind. So maybe God wants to prepare you. He wants to save your life now. What is more important than money? You must know it. Look at your children and say, in your heart, say, I will never put money above you. I will never put money above you. Look at your spouse and say the same thing. Stop looking for the slightest opportunities to cut corners. Can I tell you something? Do you know that even the influential people in your life can know what you value and respect it? That's why in the same office, they will say, everybody must come on Sunday. You, we understand your own. Don't worry. Because you have 
made it a point of duty to respectively but assertively say that this is, this is a no-go area in my life. Nothing can be found against Daniel except for the law of his God. And in six days, I will produce more than what people produce in eight days. Leave this one for me. Or at least leave the morning. I will come in the afternoon. But when you have a mentality, first and foremost, it, it doesn't really matter. The pastor should understand. God should understand. I had to put food on the table. You are already blurring the lines. You see the thing about temptations here? Eh? They get stronger. And when you yield to them, they don't go, they grow. I've told you that before. Many people, when they yield to temptations, they think, let me just satisfy it. Then it will grow. It won't go. And so the next time you find yourself in that situation, it won't be as hard as the first time. Until you are so far removed from your conviction, you are a shadow of yourself. Start now. Create boundaries. Create boundaries. Sometimes boundaries will throw you into the lion's den. Are you listening to me? But it's okay. Some things are non-negotiable. I, I, I won't bow. I won't bow. I will not. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. He humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. He says, God also. <laughs> Allow God honor your sacrifice. That's when you will see that he had more for you. Mark my words. You'll be glad. You didn't sell your destiny cheap. You'll be glad. And you know, can I tell you this? The people who always cut corners, they don't improve. If you know that cheating in an exam is an option, you won't read as you should. And those things have long-term effects. Are you listening to me? You know what I'm saying. So if you know that you have created a personal principle not to cheat, you are more likely to work on yourself. To improve. At the end of the day, it will show. It will be as clear as day. You will turn out better. You will turn out stronger. God can be trusted. Help me know the person by side. Say, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. <laughs> Say, calm down. God can be trusted. So Jesus issues you a warning. He says, beware. Beware. Luke 12, 15. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. He says, beware. Be so don't just assume you know what I'm saying. Still watch it. Still watch it. And it's not once and for all. The fact that you passed the test last month doesn't mean you are doing okay now. It could be little things. 
where. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. I check myself with little things constantly. Hallelujah. Some of you don't make it easy. You still buy me perfumes. You see, God, I'm not, you know, but you know, so, but just the little things. Someone got me a perfume, very nice one, very expensive. I wouldn't even buy a perfume like that for myself. And then after three days, I didn't see it again. What happened? My wife wanted to drive somewhere. She offered to use my car. The pair was in the car. So I was, since she came back, I didn't find it again. I used it only three times. <laughs> my God. And you see, and it was my fault. Why was it in the car? Because, <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever, yes. God. One day passed, two days passed, four days, one week, two weeks. God! <laughs> Jesus. So now, I, I, I had to listen. Some of you know what I'm saying. I'm saying. It could be good things. It can be your car. Some people lose their minds, almost lose their lives when they lose good things. I mean, I'm talking about a perfume of about a thousand dollars. No, not thousand. Yeah. Yes. And I sprayed it three times. You know, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the a man's life. It was the day I finally let it go. Like, God is okay. That's the day they found it. I'm telling you, listen, I believe that God orchestrates these things himself. I'm telling you. That's what God told the children of Israel. He said, I gave you manna to teach you that man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Meaning, allowed you go through this time of inconvenience to teach you, to train you on something. And that's the Christian perspective. It says, count it all joy. When you go through diverse tests. Listen, some of you, oh my God. waste your training process if you waste it you will stay there I mean think about the children of Israel God kept them in the wilderness for them to learn and then they never learned so he kept making them parambulate until that generation passed it was now their children in Deuteronomy he says you see your fathers did not hear this is the promised land you go do, Abi, you know, go do. 
there are some things in your destiny that are for you, but God will never allow you touch until you learn what I'm saying. God will never allow you touch it until you learn what I'm saying. It's for you. That promised land, they were just going. It was supposed to la it was supposed to be a 40-day journey. It took them 40 years. Are you aware? So sometimes we are the one delaying God's plan for our lives because we have refused to grow. We keep we keep cutting corners. When you cut corners, you repeat that class. If you cut corners, you repeat the class. God, the Bible says, did not lead the children of Israel the way of the Philistines. Some of you may not have seen it before. So let me, I'll quote it verbatim first. God did not lead the children of Israel the way of the Philistines, even if it was near. He led them through the wilderness, lest they see war. Exodus 13, 17. Everybody open your Bibles. Are you there? Read it together. One, two, go. Imagine that. Listen, we are dealing with a spirit. God is a spirit, so he, he, he has not changed. So he still acts the same way. He might be doing it with you. That there are some things, some blessings I have for you. But you see, you are more important than the blessings. So if the blessings will destroy you, you will stay here. You will stay here. So you might still... Be experiencing smallness not because God's time is the best, but because you are delaying yourself by your refusal to grow. God tests you with small things, small things, small resources. He that is faithful in little, the Bible says, is faithful in much. It says, for instance, before you can allow anybody to be ordained in ministry, he must not be a novice. It says a novice will be lifted up with pride. It matters to God. It matters to God. Your humility, your attitude with money, it matters to God. It matters to God. Come on, I said it matters to God. And so, never forget what I'm about to say. Are you ready for this? When Jacob was going to be blessed the first time, he hustled for it. He cheated his brother. Tried to adjust his voice. Put some kind of skin on him so that he'll be hairy like Esau. Cooked like Esau would cook. 
and they got that blessing and then it was time for the authentic one he saw an angel he held on to the angel i will not let you go until you bless me i will not the angel of the lord's presence i'll talk about that another day i will not let you go until you bless me you know after everything the angel asked one question what is your name you got it the first time by falsehood let's see if you know your name now what is your name you got the first blessing by cheating so now i'm asking you what is your name are you esau or you are jacob Come on, are you getting this? What is your name? What you got by cheating, you can get authentically. And so, so when God gives you the opportunity for correction, like this sermon you are hearing, He gives you the opportunity to retrace your steps. Retrace your steps. Well, like Zacchaeus, at the sight of Jesus, you say, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I return fourfold. And God in return can say, salvation is come to your house. Listen, let me say this. We can tell the state of your heart from the state of your pocket. I mean, that's what it proves. When Zacchaeus said, you know what? I've been dubious. But I want to put money in this place now. Half of my goods I give to the poor. You know. And listen, there is no Bible, biblical formula. We're not saying give 50%. But the fact that he was able to part way with that much just meant that something had changed in his heart. His priorities had changed. There was a new God. Before, money was the God in his heart. But there's a new God now. He had dethroned money. This is one of the few times, if any other, that Jesus bore witness to the conversion of someone. Ah, salvation has come to your heart. Salvation has come to your heart. We can tell from the priorities, from your expenditure, where your faith is. Because I've told you, your money exposes your conviction. It doesn't matter what you sing. It doesn't matter how nice the worship songs are. I can tell who your God is by your spending. You will always put your money where your faith is. You spend in what you don't, what you believe in, and that's why someone might not understand. Guy, you get ten k. I don't have, but there are things that will show up last minute, and ten k will come out. Is that not true? That's how priority works. Because if I say I don't have it, more often than not, th that priority is not urgent enough. But there are other things that matter more to me. Come on, now you get to what I'm saying. There's a type of money you can spend on school fees. You can't spend on other things. A type of money you can spend on a car. You can't spend on other things. It's all about Priority. And so even if I don't know you, if I see your expenditure, I can tell where your heart is. 
anywhere you can allow your treasure go, that's where your heart is. You know what money is? Money is the symbol of your energy. Because you worked for it. You sweat for it. You put your intelligence into it. You put your, your, you put your health on the line. After all is said and done, the money is sitting in your account and you can let it go for something. That thing that you can let it go for says a lot about you. Come on, do you get what I'm saying? And that's one, one way to put money in this place. Watch the flow. Watch money, how money is flowing out of you. For some of you, the problem is it's not flowing at all. <laughs> you are so bloated. In this church, if your generosity is only to church, you are still wrong. I'm telling you, you are not healthy. You are not healthy. And then, when you pray, this is another sign, when you pray and all God tells you is that he will bless you, you know that you are still learning. <laughs> There's a problem. I don't go out with checkbook again because of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I don't go out. I'm sorry. Do you understand? Uh, because I noticed there are some things I go out with. You now start telling me that person is going through this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you have to understand. Hallelujah. You say you want to hear God. Do you know the implication? <laughs> One lady broke down somewhere. She was crying. She said, God, please, if indeed you hear me, send me help. <laughs> Where I was, the Lord said, call this lady now. Ask for an account number and send her money. She was still crying on the spot. So she was like, hey, God really hears me. I said, no be your fault. <laughs> go lay your money and go. <laughs> no be your fault. Take your money and go. <laughs> Hallelujah. When the same God who gave you Isaac will say, you know, you know that thing. And that's the thing. You, you have to the God of the Bible, if he blesses you, he owns what he gave you. He can ask for it at any time. So, and that's the thing, like, I, I cannot complain. <laughs> if Naeem give you, what do you want to say? Okay. <laughs> you bind it like this. And sometimes when the Lord speaks to you, it's with such an urgency it's as if, if you don't do it. <laughs> My God. Have you traveled to Sosi before? Ah, it's like you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you never travel Sosi. <laughs> Someone that doesn't know you. So they may not even appreciate it. Uh, it happened yesterday. <laughs> Nice one. 
there, there was someone that said, ah. he looked at the check, said, ah, you shouldn't have. My man, I said, you are right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> Not be your fault. You are right. <laughs> Dethrone money in your life. Another very popular one is beauty. The Lord said, Sound the word to the king entire. It says, You were in Eden, the garden of the Lord. You were covered with all kinds of precious, precious stones, oints, sapphire, and all these things. I mean, the very things that God gave you. He says, until iniquity was found in your heart. Another reference is said, he said, I will exalt my throne above the throne of God. When the things God gave you, flatter you so much. Just look at yourself. Ah, it's very rampant in our culture. We call celebrities idols. We call celebrities idols. We kill them and we don't know that we are the ones who killed them. Because there is a type of singing that we are used to. But when we see someone do something that is extraordinary, we don't, we don't know how to handle it. We respond to excellence with worship. It will take training to say, ah, not this far, not this far. You are very nice. You are very good with this, but not this far. It is the syndrome of Lucifer. That, that's what happened. Wow, look at me. Until you get to a point where you're like, with all this beauty, why worship God when I'm, I can be God? Look at all the attention that I'm getting. Listen, for you it might not be dramatic like that. But at the same time, how do you handle attention? How do you? It might not be physical beauty. It might be position. It might be fame. How do you handle it? How do you put the limits? Do you know how to tell people to calm down? It's not that deep. There was a kind of salutation they were giving these men of God in the Bible. They tore their clothes. They said, look, we are flesh and blood. Remember, don't, don't get carried away. We are flesh and blood. What I'm saying can happen to a man of God. It can happen to a popular person. It can happen to any one of us. It can happen in your place of work. It can happen in any aspect of your genius. Where people are like, wow, I've never seen anybody like you. Once they begin to tell you things like that, be careful. You must learn to give the glory. And this is why I encourage people at base level, learn to come to church. There are some things that just coming to church will handle. Number one, no matter how big you are, all of us, bigger or small, will be here together, right? 
this is one place where we don't really care much who you are, how much money you have in your account. We are here for someone bigger than all of us, namely God, right? And then you kneel, your knees touch the ground. You worship and you cry and you praise. Those are things that save your heart. They will save your soul. Save your, you, you, you must protect that secretly. Otherwise, and then make sure that is a pastor that will tell you as he be. <laughs> you do understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. God has always helped my heart. I'm, I'm not easily impressed. I can respect you. But I respect God the most. And I'm very brave. There are few things that this mouth cannot say. <laughs> this mouth. What this mouth cannot say does not exist. <laughs> if I need to talk to you, I will talk to you. <laughs> I will talk to you. The top man of God. I called him, I said, you did this, you did this, you did this, you was wrong. He said, that's why I'm always careful when I'm talking to you, because, <laughs> you know, I, I will say it. Please, are you listening to me? God is training you like this because your future is great. And he doesn't want the devil to offer you Ishmael so that you can throw away your Isaac. Learn this now. Because he says, they that know their God shall be what? And then they shall do what? But you see, the training for strength is inconvenient. Sometimes you'll be like, is the coach not doing too much? Is God not doing too much? Remember, God wants to bless you more than you have even envisioned. He wants to bless you more than you have even envisioned. So when he's training you, when he's giving you manna, it's because he's taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Don't let the devil deceive you. Ah, God is very strict. Why will he ask you not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? And the devil will make a good case for foolish people. When you opened your eye, Adam, for the first time, you saw a garden ready. Did he not give you everything for free? Why doesn't he have the right to say, don't touch this one? When God creates boundaries in your life, it's for your protection. He's not trying to limit you. He's not that petty. He's too big for that. He wants you to last. Don't commonize the sacred in your life. I'm telling you, in your life, there must be sacred things. Sacred things. What are the limits regarding money? What are the limits regarding sex? There must be limits. Listen, even if you are married, there must be limits. In a phone, there are places to insert SIM card. Oh my God. That's for another day. Have you seen the show? Sex took me to the ear. Even good things can become an idol. What are you, you putting inside nose? Why? 
Let me see. That's why the Bible teaches moderation. At some point, there must be limits. Time me here. Do like this. <laughs> you will wound yourself. Have you? You will injure yourself. You'll be embarrassed to tell the doctor. <laughs> the doctor will say, "How did this happen? <laughs> Problem." <laughs> Hallelujah. There must be limits, even with good things. There must be limits. Please laugh, but listen to me. You know I'm not joking, right? <laughs> there must be limits. Don't learn it from the world. Don't learn it from the world. That's why you, you'll be, be stressing your spouse. Stressing because you have gone to read rubbish. And I say, there's no flare. I want flare. It's not exciting enough, then you go and bring cane. <laughs> At your age, they, they flog you. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. You don't need to, to be a prophet to know that there's something wrong. You have, you have started losing it here. <laughs> you have started losing it here. And the devil will make things like this so common sermons like this will look as if it's too far allow people to do it no you cannot you cannot i don't know why it's single people that are laughing the loudest <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah i'm telling you as a prophet god is about to bring some things your way bigger than you ever dreamt of some resources and blessings and influence god is positioning the church for impact in these end times and so he's when god stops you for a while to say mm -mm, let's go over these laws and these regulations again it's because the blessings that are coming are very big do you understand what i'm saying i'm reiterating the prophecy of this year it's a solid year let my conviction be solid so that even if I am in Babylon, serving in the palace, even if they give me a new name, a Hebrew boy is, is bearing Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, but I will still remember my God. Come on, are you with me? Because the platforms and the opportunities are coming. Let even pagan kings begin to recognize that nothing can be found against him except for the law of his God. So, I mean, where, if need be, I am saying, I'm not careful to answer you on this. You know me already. It shouldn't be a discussion. I will not bow. I'm going to have another training to emphasize this. Listen, the church must learn to embrace their convictions with their chest. You will need it this end times. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And stand with your conviction. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, 
reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.